The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. Thanks for some good songs this morning, and they truly go with our uh, our message in First John uh, chapter five. First John chapter five. This thing's awful hot, isn't it? I don't, I don't have a control on it. Turn that down a little bit, uh, Christopher or Bailey, if you would. Uh, I can hear myself bouncing off the back wall. First <laughs> uh, John chapter five. Now we're down to the last. Uh, next week we'll end our study through the book of John. It's been a it's been a great study for me. I've I've enjoyed it and I've learned a lot. And we've been talking about our spiritual journey, and you know uh, our. our Spiritual journey has many paths and many ways and many ways that we go, and uh, there's good days and bad days. And today, uh, I want us to think about burdens, and, and a lot of our, our song today, a lot of our music today uh, really talked about trusting the Lord and uh, telling it to Jesus and uh, loving who Jesus loves and, and letting, uh, letting Him lead and direct our lives. And uh, this is kind of how John begins to close out his letter. Uh, to these churches in Asia Minor, and uh, I want us to think about those who are on a spiritual journey, whose journey is filled with with burdens and crushing burdens, if you want to uh, label them that way. And uh, this is an old movie. I realize it, and many of y'all probably haven't seen it, but there was a movie called The Mission, and uh, it was it was a Academy Award winning movie in 1986. So. Uh, some of y'all weren't even around then. Uh, but in this movie, uh, Rodrigo was one of the characters. He was played by Robert De Niro. And uh, he was a slave trader who, in a fit of rage, killed his brother. And uh, he, following that, he was filled with such remorse. And uh, it's, a, it's a movie about uh, missionaries and, and missionaries going over into India and uh, he was so filled remorse, with remorse about that, in order to pay penance for that, he carried his brother's armor throughout the jungle. Now, this armor, it was, it was kind of bagged up, and uh, it weighed 100 pounds or more. So on, on his journey through the jungle, uh, he carried that, uh, that armor to pay penance for the death of his brother. And that, that, throughout the movie, you see that. But for us today, I want us to think about that that's kind of a crushing burden. It was his guilt. That was his crushing burden that he, he carried. And, and I want to ask you, do you know anyone or are you maybe even burdened down with a, a burden like Rodrigo had? You know, whatever it may be in your spiritual life, uh, you may be carrying some burden from the past. You may be carrying some burden from the present or you may be worried about something that that's going to happen in the future, and it's just burdened you down. And if you would say that, when there's something in my past or something that, that I'm involved in right now or something that I see coming down the road, it's, it's just burdened me down. I, I want you to really look at what John has to say to us this morning. There's good news because God wants to lighten our load. Throughout Scripture, we find that, that, that God's desire is to lighten our load and and like many people that's, that's carrying around these crushing burdens, this, this church here uh, in Asia Minor that John is writing to, they're burdened down. They have a crushing load that they're carrying. And, 
And because of that, they're on their spiritual journey and they're, they're, they're carrying a load like Rodrigo was and it's slowing them down. It's, it's, it's burdening them down. So how do we lighten our load? Now, when I give you these points, there's four of them today, you may say, well, I don't, I don't understand. You're, you're saying, how do we lighten our load? Well, what I want to give you is four different burdens that I think some Christians in their spiritual walk deal with. And through that, how do we lighten that? And I want you to really hear the first one, the burden of disobedience. In chapter 5, in verse 1, the first burden we're going to look at is the burden of disobedience. Well, you may say, I don't deal with that, and I don't particularly want to hear about that. Well, we're talking about burdens that we carry in our spiritual journey. And you may say, well, I don't have that burden of disobedience. I want you to listen to what John has to say. I want us to study this a little bit. And maybe you, you may find some areas where, hey, if I was obedient, where you go, I'll go. Who you love, I'll love. Where you send me. We just sang that. Hey, if I was, if I was following God's, uh, God's design and direction for my path, maybe I wouldn't be burdened down. And we don't think about that burden as a result of disobedience. So in verse 1 through 3 here, 1 John chapter 5, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now there's words here I want you to get this morning. Everyone who, believe, who believes that Jesus is the Christ. That's important. I hope there's no one here today who would try to separate Jesus and Christ. Everyone who believes that Jesus is Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves His child as well. And this is how we know that we love the children of God. Now, if you were here last week, or even the last couple of weeks, we've talked about how can we be identified with the Father? How will people know that we're born-again Christians? John tells us over and over and over, and even Jesus, when he walked the earth, he told us, people are going to know that you're my disciple if you love one another. And that love starts in the church, and that's what we talked about last week. So he says here, and John kind of carrying that theme along, chapter 5, uh, this is how we know that we uh, love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out His commandments. And this love for God to obey His commandments, and His commandments, listen, are not burdensome. Okay? So I'm not going to read that again, but I'd ask you to, to read through that again, really look at what it's saying. How would we know that we're children of God but if we love His children? And how would we know if we're children of God if we keep His commandments and His commandments are not a burden? <coughs> Excuse me. So this morning, if you would say, well... Uh, Jake, I want to serve the Lord. I want to be where God wants me, but it's such a burden. Then we've missed the point. Because right here, John explains to us through the direction of the Holy Spirit, His, bur His, His, uh, His commandments should not be a burden to us. And as we begin to think about this, and we begin to look at what John is telling us here, he says a person that is truly a child of God, someone who, who has their faith in Jesus Christ, is described this way, someone who has been transformed by a new birth. Now, we're going to talk about this just a little bit. I think sometimes when, when people say they want to come to Christ, they think, I need to add a little religion to my daily walk. I need to add a little religion. I need to kind of 
reform my morals. In other words, I need to clean up my act a little bit, so I'm going to add a little religion. I'm going to clean up my act a little bit, and then I'm going to be where Christ wants me to be. That does not say anything of what Scripture says. Scripture says when we accept Jesus Christ, we are a new creation. We have been born again. And if you're a Christian here today, we need to realize that that our faith commitment to Jesus Christ isn't adding a little religion. It isn't cleaning up a little areas of, of our moral, moral character, but it's, it's saying, you know what? I'm a new creation in Christ. I have been born again. Old things have passed away, died and buried, and I've been raised, and I have a new life. I'm born again in Christ. When we come to that point of our life, we realize that our spiritual journey is not church attendance. Our spiritual journey is not getting religious or just trying to be a good person. Our spiritual journey is understanding that we're a new creation, born again in the family of God. Now, when we're born again in the family of God, what does that mean? We have a new father, don't we? And that new father is God the Father. So we want to we get this in our minds today. Since we've undergone a new birth, this makes God our new father. And there's a new way of thinking about this. God adopts us into his spiritual family. So this morning, if you would say, I'm born again, this is the first step. We're not going to get anything else in this message today if we miss this first step. We become sons and daughters of God the Father, and we become a family of Christians. You know what that family of Christians is called? The church. We become the church of God. We become brothers and sisters in Christ, sons and daughters of God the Father, we have a newfound love for our Heavenly Father. You know what? We're not going to love God if we think, I need to add a little religion and I need to clean up my morals a little bit and I need to start being a better person. Does that have anything about loving God in it? It really doesn't, does it? It's all on us. It's all saying, hey, this is what I need to do. Here's what I need to do. Here's how I need to act. And we miss the point that when we're new Christians... We are born again, we have a spiritual family, and we have God the Father. Now, think about what Jesus has to say about this. Sometimes we try to separate our link with God the Father and our love for others. We kind of separate that. But I want to remind you what Jesus said over in Mark chapter 12, 28 through 31. Jesus said the most important commandment is to love God wholeheartedly. I mean, he said with our heart, with our soul, with our minds, we're to love Him wholeheartedly. And what's the second and greatest commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. Where did that come from? That came right from God's heart. We're born again. We're, we're, to, we're to love God wholeheartedly. And we're to, we're to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. We're to have this, this great love that, that's for other people. And, and we get that through God. Not through our own benefit. Not through our own ability. Not through our own insights. But... But through the Spirit of God, we're given the ability to love others. Now, we could spend the rest of our day right here. When we could talk about the lovable and the unlovable, and we could talk about the warts and the freckles and all of those different things that cause us to go, well, that person's hard to love. That, that doesn't play into it. God said, we're to love as He loved, and through my Spirit, I've given you that ability to do that. Now, here's where it comes into to this burden we carry sometimes. It's because we have 
not obeyed what God has said. In other words, that word obedience comes through, and, and John uses it right here. This is how we're going to know that we're children of God, by obeying His commandments. Now, I think these days, and I've said this many times, I think the word obedience is, a, is an unpopular word today. I think it's a word we just do not like to hear. Here's the words we like to hear. May I make a suggestion? Isn't that much better than obedience? Isn't that much better than I command you? No. Let me make a, a suggestion. Let me give you some insights. Or maybe I would propose to you that we do this. Or here's a little advice. Those things are, are, are much less grating than this obedience of God's commandments. And folks, if we're, if we're burdened down... And, and in our spiritual walk, we're carrying a, a burden around. We may need to look and say, well, where am I at in my obedience to the Father? Where am I at when it comes to walking with the Father? Our tendency is to think of God's commandments and think they're impossible for us. Boy, God has given me the Bible and, and He has a, a list of commandments and they're impossible for me to keep. You know who does that? Satan does that. He wants us to look at God's Word and think, well... I can't measure up. I can't do all those things. I, I, don't, I don't know all these different things in Scripture, and, and I can't get up and teach a Sunday school class, and I, I don't think I can do this, and I can't do that. What's God's commandment? His greatest commandment, love me first and love my children second. Is there anyone who can't do that? Is that so confusing and so deep and so burdensome that we would say, I'll never be able to do that? See, what, I think what Satan wants us to think is, is his commandments are burdensome. We're going to talk about this in just a moment because in, in Jesus' time, that's what people did. They, that's what the Pharisees did. They loaded the people with burdens of God's Word, didn't they? They had a list of rules and laws and do's and don'ts, and, and it burdened people down. And that's why the question came up in the first place. What's the greatest commandment? What, what's the, the one thing we need to be doing the most? That's, that's why they asked this question. And Christ came and he said, my commandments are not to be burdensome. That, that word means heavy and crushing. Like that guy carrying that armor around, uh, Rodrigo, that was, that was dragging this alone on his journey. I think uh, as Jesus used those words and that word crushing, that's the words that the religious leaders used during that time, that, that heavy legalistic burdens that they put on people. Now listen to what Jesus said. This, this passage will be really familiar with you. And if it's not, I would, I would urge you to turn to Matthew chapter 11 in your Bibles, and I would urge you to underline it. Because here's what Jesus says. Come to me, all you who are weary and who have burdens, and listen to what he says, and I'll give you rest. And then take my yoke upon you and learn from me. That's another message. It's, it's simply a, a picture of a younger bull taking on the same yoke as an older bull, and that older bull teaching him how to pull, how to move forward without having a heavy burden. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Before, because I am gentle, I am humble in heart, 
and there you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. See, folks, if you are here this morning, and you would say, well, I am, a, I am born again. I have a new life in Christ. But, man, when I think about God's commands, and when I think about following God, I, I'm just burdened down. I mean, it's, it's more than I can handle. Then I want to ask you, if you come to that point of saying, you know what, I want to be obedient. God, I want to be obedient to you. I want to love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all that I am. And then, and God, I just want to love your people. And I believe when we get to that point, we're going to realize that, that those burdens are lifted. You know, there's a lot of discussion and a lot of preaching about discipleship and the cost of discipleship. I've heard messages, I've done Bible studies on the cost of discipleship. There is a cost. There is a cost of discipleship. But you know what we rarely ever talk about? The cost of non-discipleship. As a child of the Father, when we choose a path of disobedience, it's a much more painful and difficult path. See, we don't talk about that. We talk about the, the, the you know, it's going to cost me to follow Christ. It's going to cost me to follow Christ. Uh, you know, I'm born again, but, but I just don't know if I can pay the price. You know what? The price of disobedience, there's a much greater weight, there's a much greater burden upon us when we have disobedience within our lives. That's a cost of disobedience. We find the first way here that we can lighten our load. We can simply lighten our load by being obedient to God's commandments. What are those commandments? Let's start out real simple, real first. The first thing is loving God and loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's the first commandment. That's our first step to obedience. Now, I want you to think about this in a, in a realistic uh, lifestyle that we live in. If you say, well, I'm not sure I agree with all that. I'm not sure that, that, I, can, uh, that I can find peace, that I can find rest by simply being obedient. I want you to think about this. In your life, when you're out of harmony with someone you're around, now, this could be your spouse, this could be your boss. This could be your fishing buddy. <laughs> you know, I went fishing with a couple of guys. I brought them from, uh, I worked with them in Mesquite. I lived right out there on uh, Big Creek Lake. And, and I said, oh, there's, you know, we can go out there and catch fish. And, and I was in my boat, so I drove. I was in the front of my boat with a trolling motor, and I was fishing. And I was catching fish. I mean, I, and them other two guys were in the back, and they weren't doing anything. And I, and I said, what are you using? I, I was using a tomato worm. If y'all don't know what that is, it's a red worm with a, with a chartreuse cover on it. And, and, uh, and they said, well, give us one. I'll give it right there get you one. They put one on. They, they wasn't doing anything. And finally, one of them said, well, the reason you're doing it is you're up there in the front. You're getting all the good spots before we get there. I said, you know what? Move up here. You can drive. I'd rather fish than drive anyway. If you've ever tried to drive the boat and fish, you know that... You, you end up working harder up there trying to keep the boat where it needs to be. And, and so we were out of harmony. Maybe at, maybe at home, you you living out of harmony with someone. When you live out of harmony, what happens? When there's conflict, what happens? You're miserable. You don't want to go to work. I'm out of harmony with the people I work with. I'm out of harmony with my boss. I don't even want to go up there. It, it makes my day long. It, it, it's just a burden to me. Or, or maybe at home, you and your spouse,
spouse, you're out of harmony with one another. And, and you get off of work and you think, man, I just don't want to go home. Why? Because, because there's conflict and, and you're out of harmony with one another. And because of that conflict, you're burdened down. Why, why would that be any different with God the Father? When we're disobedient to God the Father, we're out of harmony with Him. We're not walking where we need to be walking. And, and we, we're, we're all of a sudden, we're in the front of the boat saying, God, you need to follow where I'm wanting to go. And because of that, we're burdened down with disobedience. And our life is not where God wants us to be. Here's the second point this morning. There's another burden, and it's a burden of discouragement. It kind of goes along with that first burden, that, that burden of disobedience. Look in verses 4 and 5 here. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, this burden of discouragement, that's the second thing we want to look at. And we learn that John's friends, they're deeply discouraged. And folks, a lot of times when we're, when we're disobedient and when we're out of walk, we're out of sync with the Father, what follows that is just simply discouragement. I mean, I'm just discouraged. I, I, I think about this, and, and, and things are not where they need to be. I just, can't, I just can't get up about it. And in this church that John's writing to, because of these false teachings, and that's what this whole letter has been about, this whole letter from John has been about those false teachers that come into the church. And, and because of that, these, these false teachings, the, the people in the church, if, if, if they, they, they've, they've been discouraged by their friends falling away, by people falling away by, by the, the, the relationship they had. They were a close-knit community of, of believers, and all of a sudden, because of that, they, they, things begin to fall away. And as they begin to fall away, they became awful discouraged. There became a war zone there. Now, I want to ask you, do you ever feel that way? Do you ever just get discouraged? Do y'all know where Nike got its name? Does anybody know that? Did y'all know that come right out of God's Word? <laughs> now, Nike may not give that to you. But as John began to talk to this church, this church at Asia Minor, and he began to talk about the burden of discouragement they were, they were carrying, he looked at them and said that you are overcomers. This is the fourth time in this letter that John uses that word, overcomers in just in first john the greek word there is nakanan n-i-k-a-n-o that's that's where nike got their their word for for to overcome that's this is what it means to overcome to prevail to conquer or to get the victory well it makes sense doesn't it that's what nike's saying if you uh if you want to overcome prevail and conquer and get the victory then you need to be uh, you need to you need to have Nike. Just do it. Just get. Hey, that's James one twenty two. Don't be merely hearers of word, but just do what it says. Just just do it. And so so John says here to the church, you are Nikes, you are Nikes, you are you are one who has overcome the world. You've overcome the worldly system, and you should live as a conqueror. Now, folks, if we're living as a conqueror. We're not going to live one as one who has discouragement every day. 
So we've overcome the world, and John's friends felt like they were anything but conquerors or Nikes. So John's reminding them that they have the victory. John 16, 33 says this, I tell you, in this world you're going to have some troubles. But take heart, because I've overcome this world. Christ was talking to his disciples. He said, you're going to have some burdens, you're going to have some troubles. But take heart, I've I've overcome the world. And, And when we're born again, Christ is living within us. And we're conquerors of our problems. We're conquerors of this world. So here we find out how to lighten our load of discouragement. We're to lighten our load in the spiritual journey by trusting God for victory. By, by becoming, and I'm just going to say Nike, by becoming a Nike. By becoming to a point in our life of saying, you know what? I'm a conqueror. I've overcome. I have the victory already. So, so how do you feel when our culture, culture seems to have more influence than our church family does. Does that ever discourage you? Folks, as a pastor, that's discouraging. Probably as a Sunday school teacher, that's discouraging sometimes. When you look around and, and our children seem more interested in MTV or the wrecking ball. Y'all know that is an old one, isn't it? Jaycee's like, you said the wrecking ball. and Well, if any of the kids know what that is, it won't be that shocking to them, will it? I mean, that's Miley Cyrus and her naked on a wrecking ball. And uh, you just go to YouTube or you go to any child, anywhere you want, you can watch it just like that. Parents, don't worry. I'm not giving your kids something they didn't already know about. Isn't that discouraging sometimes when you realize they know more about that than they do about what Paul had to say? Isn't it discouraging sometimes when your boss is more, was more passionate about closing a deal than, than conducting itself with integrity? Isn't it discouraging sometimes when we go and we look at the polls and we realize that, that so many politicians are, are worried more about re-election than doing the right thing? I mean, I hear so many people say, oh, just woe is us. Where are we going to be? What are we going to do? Where is our country headed? Look at our politicians. You know what, folks? We're overcomers. Amen? We have victory. Does that mean we bury our head in the sand? No, of course not. We are informed, we're voting, we're going out and we're doing the right thing in our jobs and we're trying to raise our family correctly. We don't need to get discouraged and sit back and say, well, it's going to go how it's going to go. We need to say, wait a minute, God has given me the victory. I'm a Nike, I can overcome, I can prevail, I can conquer. And we need to get rid of that discouragement and we need to live as overcomers. When we begin to do that, when we begin to live our lives as overcomers, as those who have victory. We, we, we realize that at our victory is not in a political party or a political candidate, and uh, our, our victory doesn't rest upon opinion polls. It doesn't rest on how big our church is. Our victory rests on God's Son, Jesus Christ. That's where our victory is. And when we're discouraged, we need to turn to our victor, and we need to find rest. You see, faith isn't... Faith isn't some pie-in-the-sky wishful thinking, but it's a sturdy, unshakable confidence that we place in the risen Son of God through Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have victory over discouragement. This morning, would you bow with me?